There were two shopkeepers, and they were bitter, bitter rivals. Their stores were directly across the street from one another. And, and as each day, they'd, they'd keep track of how many people would go into each other's store. If one got an extra customer, he would smile in triumph at his rival. One night, an angel appeared to one of the shopkeepers. The angel said, I will give you anything you ask, but whatever you receive, your competitor will receive twice as much. Would you be rich? You can be very rich, but he will be twice as wealthy. Do you wish to live a long and healthy life? If you do, he will live a longer life and a healthier life. You can do anything that you want. What is your desire? Well, the man frowned, and he thought for a moment, and then he said, here's my request. Strike me blind in one eye. Let that sit in. You'll talk about it later. Today, we're dealing with jealousy. Today, we're dealing with jealousy. And it, it, it's, a, it's a green monster that lives within us and has the ability to, to ruin friendships, uh, to break apart marriages, uh, uh, to bankrupt businesses. Jealousy sometimes plays itself out right in the open, but many times it's deep down inside. Many times it's, it, it will overtake us from the inside out. Bottom line, jealousy is sin. Today we're going to continue to look at the life of King Saul. What an interesting life he lived and, and, and the lessons that we can learn from that. We're going to see how jealousy really corrupted his entire being. I'm going to read uh, from 1 Samuel 18 and then a portion of... of of 1 Samuel 20. We're going to read the first 13 verses in 18, um, but all of our talk today is coming from 18 and 19. So if you're able to, uh, would you stand as we read God's word uh, from 1 Samuel 18? Most of the time uh, when we have scripture, it's from uh, the ESV that we take it from. Chapter 18. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David, and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul sent him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated, Saul has struck down his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. 
verse 10. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre, as he did day by day. Saul had a spear in his hand, and Saul hurled the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of thousands, and he went out and came in before the people. Verse 14, And David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before him. Now I'm going to jump to chapter 20, because I think this is the crux of the whole issue of why Saul uh, had so much jealousy in his heart. Chapter 20, verse 30. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. So David hadn't shown up for two, two meals, and now Jonathan uh, is sitting there with his father, and here's, here's what happens. He realizes that Jonathan is covering for David. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? Here it is, verse 31. For as long as the son of Jesse lives on earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful that your word is awesome, that your word is powerful, and that your word changes lives. May we always dig into it. Bless our time today. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Before we dig in uh, to some of this story, I think we need to define what jealousy is. We need to define what jealousy is because jealousy can be positive. Jealousy actually can be a positive thing. Uh, Jerry Bridges, he defines jealousy as intolerance of rivalry. Intolerance of rivalry. A common, a common reason for jealousy might be if someone were to try to win the, their spouse's affection. And this is good jealousy, that you're fighting for your spouse, that you're trying to protect uh, your wife or your husband. We also think of God's jealousy. That's right, our almighty God, he's a jealous God. We've heard that many times uh, through your Sunday school years. Exodus 24 through 5 says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. It's not that God is jealous because he want something that you have. No. God is jealous when someone gives something to another that rightly belongs to him. That rightly belongs to him. God is rightly jealous when we worship, when we praise, when we bow down, when we adore any other idol. That could be a lot of different things. However, usually when we hear the word jealousy, we think of the negative, right? We think of the negative. And, and, and we see the sinful jealousy uh, with, right away with the example of, of Saul being completely uh, uh, jealous 
of what David was receiving from these ladies. That he was getting all the praise. That, he was, that they were singing his praises. Because in Saul's eyes, he believed that it should have been his. He believed it should have been his. Sinful jealousy is talked about throughout Scripture. 1 Corinthians 3, 3, Galatians 5, 26, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5, Psalm 37, 1, Proverbs 14, 30, Romans 13, 13, on and on. It's talked about all over how it is a sin. There's no place that jealousy can hide. It's an ugly, ugly sin. Sometimes, though, we confuse jealousy with the word envy. They are two sides of the same coin, but we sometimes confuse that. Dr. Gary Collins said there's a distinction between jealousy and envy. To envy is to want something which belongs to another person. To want something which belongs to another person. In contrast, jealousy is the fear that something that we possess is going to be taken away. Jealousy can apply to our jobs, our possessions, our reputations. It can apply to all kinds of things. Wherever the anxiety, where we're afraid that something's going to be lost for ourselves. I'll probably be using these two words interchangeably uh, and, and uh, both the words throughout our message today. Our English translation, or should I say speech, uh, we don't get these in the correct way most of the time. Uh, but uh, I think it's important to note. So if I had to define it, envy, envy, and this is something you could write down, I, envy says, I want something that belongs to another person. Could be a car, could be a house. I want something that belongs to another person. Jealousy says, I have something, and I don't want to share it. I don't want to share this. Well, why is jealousy so bad? Why is jealousy so bad? Why is envy so bad? We've got to look at this downward spiral. There's a downward spiral of jealousy. When someone is jealous, they have a heart that covets. Remember, it's a two-sided coin, envy and jealousy. Well, this is envy. I want something, and you have it. The other night, I, I, I ran a little experiment at small group. I ran a little experiment with, uh, we had four kids come in, uh, two Schatzberger kids and, and two Holtine grandchildren. And, and they came in and, and I lined them up and they actually lined up youngest to oldest without, right? without me even trying to do that. And so the youngest uh, young man, uh, Mr. Holtine, uh, I said, would you like a gift? And he said, yes. He was excited to get a gift. So I reached into my bag, and I, I took out a 12-ounce can of Dr. Pepper. And I handed the Dr. Pepper to the young man, and the young man literally looked at me and like, like he was grossed out. He apparently doesn't like Dr. Pepper, and that's okay. His oldest sister, or older sister, who was there, the oldest one in the group, she took the can. She was excited to have Dr. Pepper. I said, oh, that's going to work out perfect. Thank you. This is the experiment. They didn't know what was going on. So then the second person, Titus, he was up next. And I said, Titus, I have a gift for you. And for Titus, I reached in my bag, and I pulled out a 20-ounce bottle of, of pop, and, and he was excited. The girl 
the whole teen girl was not excited <laughs> because she had a 12-ounce can. And the young man was looking on and saying, interesting. I could just see it in his eyes. So then it was Jill's turn, the third oldest in the group. And I reached in the bag, and I pulled out a one-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. Now the whole teen girl was ticked <laughs> because she had a 12-ounce can of pop. And Jill was really excited. And now the young man was looking on in great anticipation because he didn't have anything in his hand yet at this point. And so I said, okay, young man, would you like a gift? And he said, yes. Then I pulled out a two-liter thing of Dr. Pepper. Now he was super excited. And, and he was holding it and patting it. And, and you know that, uh, my precious, what is that from? Uh, Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. You know, that's what it was to him. It was his precious. And, 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 his, old, and his older sister was really, 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 really annoyed. The interesting thing is, is, the young man doesn't even like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but he loved this. Why? Because we want it. We don't even know why we want it, but it's bigger and it's better than everybody else's. And, and, and that's, that's the situation that we deal with constantly. We, we think that we should have something that's bigger or better or shinier. And it was an interesting experiment. But we do that. We do that all the time. We covet what someone else has, even if we don't know exactly what it is. I, I remember Tom and Jerry, this is in my, in, not in my notes, but, but Jerry would always be like, oh, and, and like he had nothing in his hand. He was just acting like, and Tom wanted to see it, and then he'd punch Tom in the face. We, we always do that. This is just the start of a downward spiral when we allow this sin of jealousy and envy to take a hold of us. Even David, who was a man after God's own heart, remember he saw Bathsheba and he spied on her a little too long. He just had to have her. That, that just caused so much trouble. John Calvin once said, a man's nature, so to speak, is a perpetual factory of idols perpetual factory of idols basically he says if something looks nice and shiny the human says "Ooh, i've got to have that if i don't have that i'm gonna die we do that with uh, magazines we'll look through the when i was a kid i'd look through the jc penny magazine or, or sears magazine and look at all the toys that i wanted maybe Maybe you're looking at shoes, or, or you're looking at dresses, or, or you're looking at toys, or video games. I've got to have that. That will make my life just where it needs to be. And this downward spiral continues, and you're not even able to celebrate when others succeed. You're not even able to celebrate. Remember, David walks in after a great victory, and Saul can't even celebrate with him because... He is so bothered with this sin that he can't even celebrate the victory. We do that all the time. We can't celebrate when someone else gets something or someone else wins something. 
Many years ago, I applied for a position uh, to be a principal. And I was actually, it was designed by the district office in Oswego that I would gain that principalship. They moved me over to a school as the assistant principal where I could know all the kids that were going to go to the brand new school. It was my position. Everyone in the district knew it. I was friends with the district administrators. They had basically told me without giving me the official contract. It was a done deal. But as I was getting ready to start the interview process, one of my friends, her name's Beth, saw that she applied. I was like, oh no. Beth is a genius, academically speaking. She's a great, she was a great educator, and I knew, wow, she's, she's good. I may want to hire her if I was them, I thought to myself. And, and so I had to battle this desire to, to cause her harm, to, to not want her to get it, to compete with her. And I had to do that by, I know Sherry and I had many conversations that God's will, we wanted God's will to be done. We had to prepare ourselves. And I went through the interview and I nailed the interview. I was confident. I, I knew all the right answers. I knew everything. I knew all the families. I knew all the kids. The parents were talking to me. The parents were emailing the district office that I was to be the guy. Very uh, affluent uh, community that had a lot of pull. And then my good buddy Todd, my good buddy Todd called me down to his office in the district office and, and he didn't beat around the bush. He said, Phil, we're recommending Beth for the position. Man, I was heartbroken. Why Beth? I was way better. I was put up for the position. It was mine. I, I should have got it. I was going to be a greater fit. But then it flooded back all the thoughts, all the prayers that Sherry and I had been doing, God's will be done. I said, I sat down and I said, Todd, I trust you guys. I trust your decision uh, was done well. That day, the superintendent got a hold of me, that day, and he offered me a position to open a brand new school the following year and actually be able to design the colors and buy the furniture and, and have way more decision-making process than if I would have got that one position. And I wonder if God would have allowed that to happen if I would have been like, Todd, come on, it's my position. I should get it. I wonder. I don't know. You know, it's hard to celebrate when other people win when we want to win so bad. The other day, Jacob was playing uh, against his rival, Lisbon. It'd be like Waterman taking on Shabana. And they're competing against each other. And we were at Newark High School. So both Lisbon and Newark uh, Junior Highs, they go to Newark High School together. So we're friends with all of them. And Jacob's taking them on, and he's battling hard. And, and they're within one point with 30 seconds left with the ball underneath their basket. And we ended up losing by four points. And so I watched with my dad's eyes, and I, I, I looked at Jacob, and I'm like, what's he going to do? How is he going to handle this? And we've been training Jacob and trying to guide him, but we've got to allow him wings and let him do as he desires. Once he's there, we can't control that. And I saw him give high fives to several of the Lisbon kids as they're going through the line, and I saw him hugging several of his good friends from Lisbon. He got a hug from the coach. He got compliments from them. 
And then he walked back to the locker room. And that was great. He handled that well. But here's the issue. If Jacob was really still raging with jealousy inside, Jacob still had an issue. If Saul would have been celebrating David as he came in, gave him high five, put a robe on him, got a huge feast, but yet was still welling up inside the sin of jealousy and envy, he still had a major situation going on. You may cheer someone out loud, but sometimes inside it's, it's hard to celebrate. Someone who's dealing with jealousy often has a desire to be cruel towards others. To be cruel. Do you think that Saul was cruel with David? Do you know that, do you know that Saul, from Scripture, he attempted to kill David 11 different times that we could read? 1 Samuel 18, 11, 18, 17, and 21, 19, 1, 19, 10, 19, 11, 19, 15, 19, 20, 19, 21, 19, 22, 1 Samuel 23, 15, 1 Samuel 26, 2. All those times Saul's trying or, 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 or working on killing David because of jealousy. I know a guy who didn't want anyone to talk to his girlfriend. He was so jealous he didn't want anyone to come close to being buyer. And I remember my brother didn't care about that, and he would still talk to her and talk to anyone, and, and he got punched in the side of the head by this guy. How many times have we heard this scenario? What, what is it? Uh, it's the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, what do they call it? Black Friday. So we're at Black Friday... The shoppers are all getting ready to go in, and they're excited, and, and, and the doors open up, and they start rushing in, and they don't even know why they're rushing in. Maybe they want that one TV that's $50 cheaper. And they're, they're rushing in. Just tons of different people are rushing in, and, and all of a sudden someone trips and falls. And they can't get up, and they, people just keep running over them, and they're getting their head knocked against the wall. They lose consciousness. And sometimes they even die. In fact, since 2006, since 2006, seven people have been reported as dying from shopping frenzies. 98 official injuries have happened in the United States because of shopping frenzies. They don't even know what they're going, but it's nice and it's shiny and people are cruel. How about Joseph? Joseph in the coat of many colors. You remember that story? Joseph went out. His father sent him out, gave him this beautiful coat, and he's wearing it, and he's happy, and they're jealous. His brothers are jealous of him. And, and they, are, they think, oh, we're, we're going to do something to this guy. This guy's a jerk. Dad likes him so much. They threw him in a pit. Oh, what should we do with him now? Oh, let's sell him into slavery. Oh, I think no story tells it more than our Savior, Jesus Christ. Savior Jesus Christ didn't do anything against anyone wrong. But the Pharisees, oh, they had so much jealousy. They only had one move from their vantage point. They had to kill Jesus. They're cruel. Another thing that happens in this downward spiral of jealousy is that you become critical of God's sovereignty. You become critical of his sovereignty. 
Saul forgot over and over that it was God who had appointed him king. It was God's doing. It wasn't because Saul was anything. He didn't deserve to be king. Yeah, he was good looking. And, and, and he was head and shoulders over everybody. But it was God who told Samuel, anoint Saul. And Saul forgot that. You see, Saul forgot so much because he feared for his future and his son's future because he was focused on others. He was focused on jealousy. When we're looking at someone and you're saying to yourself, I wish I had their life. And I wish I had their car. I wish I had their house. I wish I had their money, their good looks, their phone, their TV, their personality, their smile, their eyes, their height, their weight. I wish I had their kids. I wish I had their job, their patience, their friends, and so on. You're not saying that to the person. No, you're actually looking past that person, and you're saying to God, God, we've got a problem. Why, why, why did you make me look like this or look like that? And you made him... Oh, we've got a problem, God. You're forgetting that God is sovereign. Maybe you make statements like, I can't believe that they're doing so well. How are they doing so well financially? I go to church every single week. I go to small groups. I, I, I study God's word. They don't even go to church. They go boating. I don't think they've been to church even Christmas in five years. And yet they're doing so well. That doesn't make sense. You know, you want to know what God says? Romans 9 says it perfectly. But who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out the same lump, one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? You know, God's in charge. And God, he's perfect. And everything he does... He does well. Moving on. We, we see that there is a downward spiral of jealousy, but because of this downward spiral, we see that there's inevitable damage caused by the jealousy. There's damage caused. First, it destroys your body from the inside out. It absolutely destroys your body. King Solomon spoke about this in Proverbs. He said that a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy... Envy makes the bones rot. When you start giving the sin of jealousy and envy a foothold, it starts taking over. It, it may start off small, but it quickly grows and takes over your entire body. It was about five years ago, and the girls, Allie and Maddie and Molly, uh, Jacob and Reggie were still in Ethiopia. We, we're over at a friend's house, and we're, we're cutting down branches, and we're grabbing brush, and, and we're clearing everything out and taken over to a burn pile, and we're taking care of business. Well, that night we get home. We lived in Indiana, so we had a, a decent three-and-a-half-hour drive back to Indiana. And, and Allie is up in the bathroom. She's like, my, Dad, my eye hurts. And you know, I'm a doctor, so I took a look at it. And, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh, there's something in there, Allie, but I, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. 
Just give it time. Try not to scratch it. Well, the next day came, and, and Allie uh, still was bothered by it. And so we said, go to school. I was a superintendent there. Go to school. Well, the next day comes, and Allie's still bothered, and now there's a little bit of discoloration in the eye. So Sherry decides, I'm going to take her to the eye doctor. She takes her to the eye doctor. The eye doctor sits down and sits in the chair and starts examining and Oh, boy, you've got a sliver of metal in your eye. And so what happened is that the metal rusted. And so rust was going throughout her eyeball. And so the the doctor, with special tweezers, pulled out the sliver from her eyeball. And then she got medicine and, and she was healed. That's what jealousy does. Jealousy starts off as a little sliver, just a little sliver in your heart. And it starts welling up, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know what you need? You need the the great physician. You need the great physician with his own special tweezers to pull that sliver out of your heart so you could be healed. Jealousy will also deepen your suspicion of people. And Saul was paranoid about everybody. He was looking over his shoulder all the time, definitely paranoid about David, uh, but even his own son, Jonathan. He threw a spear at Jonathan even one time. As you think about Saul and David, you realize that David was just a huge asset to Saul. He was the ultimate warrior. If you can have an ultimate warrior fighting on your side and winning battles, you as the king would be lifted up. It would be like Phil Jackson. Remember Phil Jackson? It would be like Phil Jackson if he was jealous of Michael Jordan when he was the Bulls coach. Or, Or if Phil Jackson was jealous of Kobe Bryant when he was the Lakers coach. No. Phil embraced them and said, you guys are phenomenal athletes. You guys are tremendous. And guess what? Today, Phil Jackson is considered one of the best coaches of all time because he embraced that. And this happens in marriage all the time. Husbands become extremely jealous of their wives, and, and they don't want them to do anything. Sometimes they don't even want them to leave the house or go out with friends. Sometimes it happens even in the reverse, the wives with the husbands. Jealousy is ugly, and it has to be brought to the Lord frequently. Jealousy also develops a critical spirit within our hearts. It also develops a a critical spirit within our hearts. I I wonder if Saul liked David when he first met him. You know, David's over there playing the lyre, you know, that harp-like instrument. I wonder if Saul's like, "Ah, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Maybe he walked past David and patted him on the head. Good job. Maybe, maybe David was walking around the tent, and Saul didn't even recognize him. I don't, I don't even know who that guy is. He wasn't even thinking about him. But as soon as David did something that Saul couldn't do, i.e., kill a giant, now all of a sudden... Saul thought David was maybe just a lucky young kid, stupid, maybe ugly. 
short kid. We do that. We find negative things about people all the time. People who are achieving things that maybe we should achieve, they got the job and we shouldn't. She's not even smart. People don't even like her. You should search your heart. Have you ever thought bad about someone just because you were jealous? Just because you were wanting something that they had? You see, when we give, je- give in to jealousy and we don't repent, our appetite for God's word, our appetite for God's word starts diminishing. It really just starts going away. First Peter says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for this pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If you're filled with jealousy, you're filled with envy, you can't study God's word the way it's supposed to be studied. You can't pray to God the way it's supposed to be prayed. Dave and I talked about this the other day about communion. You really shouldn't be part of communion if you have this sin sitting there. You really should go to the Lord and and beg for forgiveness. Go to that person and and, and seek uh, to reconcile that relationship. You see, when we're putting our energy towards other people and towards other things, we're not putting our energy towards the king of kings. However, there's good news. There's a way to destroy jealousy. There's a way to destroy it. First, you needed to renounce jealousy as sin. Are you willing to tell God this morning that you're struggling with jealousy or envy? Are you willing to admit it? Are are you willing to to go home and, and talk with your spouse and say, you know, I really am struggling with this. I could use your help. I I need help with this because I really want certain things. It's ugly. It's an ugly sin. You also need to remember your rival in prayer. Remember your rival in prayer. Don't forget when you're asking God to forgive you, to also to give you an opportunity Uh, to go to the person that you're envious of or or go to the person you're having problems with. Just think of this. If Saul would have done this, think of if Saul would have done this. If Saul would have, maybe he was jealous. Maybe they're singing about the 10,000 that David had killed. What if Saul would have bowed his knee to God? He would have said, God, please take this from me. I want to celebrate with David. Please help me to celebrate with him. It doesn't matter who wins this battle between me and Saul. It's all about serving God. And then he went to David and he said, David, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of what you have done and you are my greatest warrior. And over and over he complimented him. Would, David, would Saul, would his legacy have been one that would have served God? even if he had already lost the kingship? Would would, would the history books have changed if he would have bowed his knee to God? Next, we need to reaffirm God's goodness to you. Basically, humble yourself. Humble yourself. 
Understand that God is perfect and that he has allowed you to be in the position that you're currently in. He has allowed and ordained wherever you are in life. What's that saying? God is good and all the time. Finally, rekindle God's love in your heart. Rekindle God's love in your heart. The love of the Lord, the love the Lord has for you is absolutely real. It's real. He sent his only son for you that you may have eternal life. That's real information. That's real business that God has done for you. You know what? As I was writing this, I was thinking maybe your sin isn't jealousy or envy. Maybe you're dealing with something completely different today. Maybe you're struggling with anger. Maybe you're a compulsive liar. Maybe you're dealing with a sexual sin. Maybe you're stealing stuff from work. Maybe you're lying about hours uh, that uh, you're putting down on the time card. I don't know what it is. But I'm urging you to revitalize your love for God today. Revitalize it. Let's start an awakening right here, right in this very sanctuary with your own heart. That's the beauty of God. Our lives are very short. Do you really want to waste your years trying to get more stuff? Trying to win against somebody else? Wouldn't it be better to be able to smile, to be able to laugh, to be able to fellowship, and most importantly, to to serve the Lord with a clear conscience? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for being perfect. I thank you for providing us with your word and guiding us each step of the way. I pray that we can truly bow our knee and truly ask that you help us uh, through the process. We all have a struggle uh, that we're dealing with right this, this very minute, maybe, maybe this very hour, maybe during this morning as we're getting ready to go to church. Lord, I pray that you take those from us. I pray that you help us to uh, rekindle our hearts on a daily basis for our love for you, because we know your love is perfect and it's never changing, but we can learn so much, God. Allow us to be a blessing to you and a blessing to the people that we come in contact with. We love you, Jesus, and we're so thankful for your sacrifice on the cross. We're so thankful, uh, and we praise you for the resurrection. It's in your name we pray. Amen.